our, our series that we've been going through, and we're up to part three, and our series is called Common Ground. As the year starts to get into the swing of things, um, what we're doing is we're taking a bit of time to ask ourselves, what exactly is the church all about? What are we doing here? Um, when you came this morning, what did you think church was? What's our common connection and our common purpose as the church? So in this series, we're kind of exploring those sorts of questions to understand what, what, what exactly holds us together as God's church. I reckon, truth be told, we tend to have too small a view of what church is. We can get used to thinking of ourselves as, you know, oh yeah, church, that's a charitable organization, or yeah, that we're a community of friends, or, or yeah, we're a place of worship. And um, church includes those things, but this is God's church. So we need to ask, what does God intend for his church? And is what we call church now, what we're doing, is this really what God meant it to be? Good questions to ask, right? Yeah? <laughs> Good. I hope so. Hope you're interested. Um, these days, another challenge for us is that we can often approach church as consumers because we're very used to that consumer way of life. And we think, what can I get out of this church? Um, and if it's not meeting our needs, then perhaps we think about moving on or, um, and perhaps to going to another church. I reckon that's kind of fair enough when we're just new at a church, but we want to move beyond what can this church do for me to how can I participate in the life of this community? Because being the church is about being a united body of people who are devoted to God and to one another. Okay, so that's a good, a good picture of what the church is. A church is about being a united body of people devoted to God and to one another. Last week, I, I began talking about unity. And um, we were challenged by the level of unity in the early church. So when you read in the book of Acts especially, and we, I guess we have to admit that um, that often their unity was is well beyond what we experience. Also, their experience of the Holy Spirit who united them together and their ability to listen and to hear and to obey him was, was an inspiration last week. Um, they also had a unity of purpose in following Jesus, in following the way, the way of Jesus, which saw their lives transformed. It saw previous enemies coming together and sharing their lives together. It saw everyone getting their needs met. And so when you look at that early church, you see a real flourishing as they experience God's transformation and powerful presence. And all that was really only possible because of the unity that they shared. So if you want to check that out, you can always get on our website and look at our podcast. And, um, and we, we have all of our sermons on podcast. But today I want to continue to explore unity um, because this possibility of a deeper unity, um, unity of a church, it can seem appealing. I hope it seems appealing to you. Um, we often yearn for a, a deep connection with God and with people who love us. 
Um, we we want to be drawn into God's good purposes and to be a part of other people's lives. But to be honest, the idea of deepening unity with other people, especially in our day when we're used to a fair bit of independence, it can seem pretty scary. We can ask questions like, well, how do I approach people that are different from me with warmth and, and not, not warily? You know, how, how can I do that? Um, will I get drawn into something um, that's life-giving or will it sort of be personally stifling for me and will I just wish that I could, I could get out of it and, and get my independence back? Or sometimes we just grow complacent and we, and we lose faith and we say, well, I think it might be just too much effort um, and, and not enough gain. So those are the sorts of challenges that we face today as we think about unity. Today, I want to I begin, well, I want to just spend basically this time talking about how the unity of the church, it's, when it's done properly, is unity in diversity, not unity through conformity. Okay, can you see how there's a big difference? So unity in diversity means there's a bit of, there's freedom for people to be themselves, to be different from others. Conformity is all about making sure we're all in line, doing the same things and, and being the same. In our passage today, thanks Leah for reading, um, Paul, he uses this wonderful creative kind of picture of the church as making up a body and he, and he calls it the body of Christ. And, um, and this is coming from the, the book of, um, of 1 Corinthians. So Paul was writing a letter to this church in Corinth. And that church, they were having all sorts of challenges with unity. There was divisions about which leader they follow, who was the best leader. They were pushing and shoving over who was more important and who had the, best, the most important sort of place in, um, in their church gatherings. And so Paul wanted to use this body picture to help them to understand how church unity works. All right, so we're going to go through it. And um, let me just start with the first little bit. So here it is on the, on the screen. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So what Paul's saying here is, in the body of Christ, God gives incredible honor and dignity to each individual, to each part, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, regardless of your social and economic status, you know, whether you're a slave or not, not that we have slaves these days, but whether, you know, wherever you stand in that kind of um, socioeconomic sort of space. We all share the same spirit. God's presence hasn't just been given to a few leaders, but to the whole community, to each person. And so each of us is filled with the fullness of God. So that means that we're all of great worth. I like to think of it as when I'm, when I'm standing here looking at you, instead of, instead of you guys being, being people, I like to imagine that you're all a painting, okay? You're all just a painting there, and, and God's Spirit is painting you, okay? Is, is, is painting you into a masterpiece, all right? That's, that's who we are as the church. And Paul is eager to help us to see that we're 
we're called to be like a, a renewed humanity, being created by God in and through Jesus. He says this in 2 Corinthians, which is his second letter to, to the same church. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So can you see, seems like I've got a bit of competition in the room. All right. So can you see the, that picture of um, if we're thinking of ourselves as, as masterpieces in the making and, and of God's spirit at work in each of us, when we look at each other, we need to be able to see that, to go, um, to, to see the value in each person. Because if, if that's how much God values us and we worship that God, aren't we going to, to look at each other and say, hey, I, I want to take special care with you because you're my brother and sister in Christ. So the outcome of, of this wonderful thing that God's done is that we become, or we try to become bridge builders. Okay, so that means that we're embracing diversity as never before. And we saw that in the early church when we looked at that last week. There was all sorts of people who used to be enemies. Now they were sharing their lives together. Think of all the boundary lines that God had to cross in order to lavish us with his grace and welcome. So creator crossing the boundary to created, holy to sinner, divine to human. God, God jumped over all those walls, didn't he, to come to us. Um, and since God reached out graciously to all of us without favoritism, seeing each one of us as a masterpiece in the making, then we are being shaped to do the same thing. So God's spirit kind of draws us into his work and we have to jump over some fences too. We become bridge builders in the hands of the Lord, filling in any gaps of disunity. And this is how we get coordinated and stronger as a body. So how can we become bridge builders? Like it's all very nice to talk about, but what does it really mean in the day-to-day? -day? First and foremost, I want to talk about um, how we are part of the universal church. Okay, so yeah, we're a church here, we're a body, but we're also part of the church, as in the whole church in the whole world. And so we, I reckon one thing we need to do is we need to learn to have a sense of church history to know that we fit within a greater history than our own. I've got a, a cartoon I just want to put up from, so from Peanuts. So you've got um, Sally and, and Charlie Brown there. And Sally's writing something about church history. She's having a bit of a think. And then she says, oh, when writing about church history, we have to go back to the very beginning. Our pastor was born in 1930. All right. So she, she hasn't quite sort of taken it further back enough to know that not only is the church um, our church, but that we're part of something way bigger than ourselves. And um, I think when we see ourselves as just one part of the church universal, then we can extend the right hand of fellowship to other Christian communities. So I think, for example, because I've been part of the Interfaith Council um, in the local area, connecting with, with other 
denominations, other pastors, as well as people from other faiths. But, but when, I, when I meet with people from um, other Christian de- denominations, I see them very much as fellow Christians. Do I agree with everything that they might think? No. But are they God's people? Yes. And so can we work together? Yes, we can. Can we learn from each other? Yes. So we welcome with grace and with humility one another to learn from each other. And I think we need to really do that as, um, as Church of Christ. We need to um, be, be, we can be proud, I guess, of, of, our, of our own heritage, but not to the point where we lose um, respect for others. And I think that in that way, the body of Christ becomes stronger because all streams of faith, we see that they flow into the large river of God that is the body of Christ worldwide. So how do we build bridges at the local church level here in this community? Well, um, I, I really find that image of the masterpieces really helpful because if I'm seeing um, a person as being of great value to God, that's going to help me in the way that I treat them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to listen to them and want to um, take time to understand them. I wanna, I'm going to want to encourage them, edify them, lift them up. Um, I'm, I'm going to want to look for gold in, in people. What do they have to offer? Um, what can I do to nurture that in that person? Because let's face it, who wants to be around people who don't genuinely care or show an interest in you? Um, doing these things is what helps people to belong and to feel valued. It brings people together rather than alienating us from each other. Another way to build bridges is to create a safe environment where people can express themselves openly and honestly. So we don't want anyone holding back from being who God is shaping them to be. Like maybe the Holy Spirit's you know, really kind of lavishing some bright color in, in your life. But when you turn to us, you think, oh, no, nah, I better hold back because, you know, that they might think I'm weird. You know what I mean? Um, we we want to have a, a space that's safe for people to to express um, their, their life and their faith um, in, and that we can be upholding them. So remember that um, we're unified in diversity, not in conformity. We should feel safe to be ourselves and not feel like we have to be like others to the point of suppressing our true selves. Some of us feel our lives are together. You know, I've got things pretty much sorted out. And so we come here to church to give to others. That's great and that's important. But I reckon it's really important also to allow ourselves to receive from others as well. If, you're, if you think of yourself as pretty much only a giver, then I reckon there's a divide there. You're thinking of yourself as maybe a little bit higher up than, than someone else. And um, I think we need to learn to receive as well as to give. And that's another way to, bri- to build a bridge. So there you go. There's a few tips for you. That'll keep you busy for the next little while in your bridge building activities. Um, I'm now going to just continue with the, the scripture. We're going to go to the next bit. So Paul continues, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, 
I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I think Paul here is saying, beware of things that work against unity. And the church gets out of shape when we value one thing over another, when we fight over positions, and when we seek to force each other to conform to one expression of faith. It it actually reminds me of, um, if you've seen that Pixar film, Monsters, Inc., and you know the little guy and he's just an eye, that's what I think of when I'm, when I'm reading that, <laughs> that passage. So a homogenous church, a, a church that's just, it's all the same, lies totally outside Paul's picture of the church. The whole reason why there was so much excitement in the early church was because of people that it was so diverse were coming together, Jew and Gentile, slave and free. God by his spirit has formed into one body all the diverse parts. What a monstrous image if we're all an eye or we're all an ear. We are stunted and lopsided by that loss of diversity. So never let one part say to another, I don't need you. It's so easy to start thinking that we're God's special ones and assume that we're doing better than other people. I think we have this tendency to judge and find fault in those that are not like us. We either think, I need to fix those people, or we we just say, we don't need them. Why bother with them? And even when we think, I need to fix those people, sometimes that can come across what I call clubs of love. So you think you're loving them because you're trying to to get them into shape. You think that you're, um, you're being a real loving person, but for them it's like being clubbed. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or if you've done that yourself, but um, it, it's, it's a mistake Christians often make. So we need to put, put down our clubs of love, thinking that we have to make everyone like us. The key, the key to me about how we go forward in diversity is that we need humility. Okay, Humility is what we need. And what humility means is reveling in God's grace So we're grateful for God's gifts upon us, not in our own goodness. As Christians, we're not not called to revel in our own goodness. We're, We're called to revel in God's grace. So as we befriend a stranger, it is often difficult because they're different from us and they have a different background. But God actually presses us further into this humbling experience of recognizing his grace for them and for us, and he weans us more and more from our ingrained pride. And I think that's the work of humility that's so important, is as we take the step of, I'm going to go and talk to my, my, this stranger that I, I'm maybe a little bit wary of, I'm not sure what they're like, and, you know, truth be told, I'm, I'm worried about them. And then we, we, we actually recognize as we get to know them and as we accept them that they're 
their, um, their way of being speaks into us and, re- and we recognize our, our issues and we recognize the grace that we need and we can also show them grace as well. So our job is to walk by the Spirit, cultivate God's presence in your own life, let him bring order to your life and trust that as God is shaping you, he's also going to shape others as well. So we are God's, we're God's workmanship. So we, we kind of leave that to God. We don't need to go around imposing order on everybody else. Just step into the Spirit's order and let everything else be redefined in its own way. In this way, we cultivate a godly dignity and freedom for each other. When we walk by the Spirit, we, we, we also can tell because we grow the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit which is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When, when those things are flowing through us, we know that, that it's the Spirit at work. Let's move on to the, the last little section. So he, Paul goes on and he says, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. So you know when you are walking in unity, when instead of fighting for positions, we actually are working to honour one another and value even what the seeming least to us can bring. We have a culture of honour when if one part hurts, we all hurt. When if one part is honoured, the whole all of us are glad. Here we see that every single member of the body is vital. So there's just no room for boasting, for high horsing, for spiritual snobbery in the church. There's no shameful part of the body. We don't cover up certain parts of the body because we're ashamed of them or wish that we didn't possess them, but we actually cover them up because those parts need special protection. So Paul's saying, you know, there aren't any parts of our body that we that we should be ashamed of. It's just that some parts maybe need extra care and protection. When some parts seem to us least important or less honourable, Paul insists that these parts are the ones that we're supposed to give even greater honour to. Um, and, and I think that's, that's seen in, in a church when, um, when those, those of us who, who we know have, have some limitations are given special care and, and honour and, and support. One example of, of this idea of, of all of us um, being united in this way is um, last year in Redding, California, there was a, a devastating fire and many homes were, were destroyed. Um, as is common in, in a bushfire, the path of the fire is, is fairly random and, um, and, and you, you never know, you know which house is going to get burned and which house might be left. 
And um, Kathy and Noel, who, who are members here, their, their son lives over there. And so Ros and I, we, we took a special interest in, in what was going on over there. And um, in, in one of their churches on, on a Sunday morning, because um, we, we heard the podcast, the pastor was, was talking about how much of a challenge it is to be the church when some among you are mourning while others are praising God because their home survived. You know, it's a difficult situation to be in. And so they had to be very sensitive, allowing those whose houses were saved not to feel guilty about celebrating and thanking God for that blessing. But at the same time, everyone had to be very attentive to protect and to care for those who had lost so much. And so together, everyone gathered to um, practically support those who were in need. Um, and, and to me, just that, that, whole, that whole way of thinking, how can we approach each person so that everyone gets to express their worship to God, um, is to me, that's, that's the key. So in conclusion, the unity that God brings to the body of Christ is unity in diversity. Everyone is unique and of infinite value to God. That's how God sees us, and that's how we are to see each other. We need the Spirit to work in us um, so that we can look beyond our differences and build bridges. Let's humble ourselves to give and receive encouragement and understanding, and let's allow each person to be shaped by God and trust that as we walk in the Spirit, that God will bond us together in ways that bring new freedom. Thanks for listening. And um, I'm now going to move into um, our time of, of response. So now's the time to get your response cards out. And um, I've got a couple of, of, uh, of questions up on the screen which can help you. So for those of you who, who aren't familiar with this, um, we're just going to spend, I know, around about five minutes there'll be some music playing and it's a time for you just to ask yourself what's God been saying to me today so the questions are you know what is the Holy Spirit highlighted to you today um, in the time that you've been in this service um, maybe it's through what I've just spoken about it could be through the prayer or, or the, the music or anything else what's God been saying to you and then the next question you can ask is what steps will I take this week to respond to his leading. So if, if God's Spirit's pressing a button, something that you need to change, what, what sort of things can you do to make that change this week? Okay, thanks. And I'm going um, to leave you with some music to, to um, respond in your own way. Thanks.